All right. Welcome to Key to Success. And today I have a special guest. She's a graduate from the Danforth Mass Program, a chemical engineer from McMaster University, and she now works as an environmental project manager at Imperial Oil in Alberta. Welcome to the show, Arusha Thavindrasa. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Key. I'm excited to be here. I'm um, grateful that you you gave me the opportunity to talk about my my experience at McMaster and my my career moving forward. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on the show. And so first, we're going to start off with what was life like before university? So what were you like in high school compared to now? Man, <laughs> having to think about that, it's been quite a while. Um, I definitely was someone who had a, an explosive amount of energy in high school. Uh, when I first got there, I was a little reserved and quiet um, just because it was a new environment and um it wasn't my home school, so I wasn't around people that I knew. But as I got comfortable, I, I definitely saw my personality grow a lot. Um, I love to be a, a contributing member to the school. So I, I tried to get involved with as many like clubs and teams as possible. Um, in comparison, uh, I guess, um, and because of the pandemic. Uh, I don't think I'm as involved in my community now, but I do um, tend to reserve my energy for things that I feel more passionate about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what kind of like extracurriculars were you into in school? Um, I was part of the student council for two years. So I I joined in grade 11 and 12. Um, I did track and field. Uh, I joined this girls senior soccer team. Um, what else? I, I joined as many clubs as I could. So like the Eco Club, um, I tried to join, I think there was a, a couple others. Um, and honestly, back in high school, I guess we had a lot more time on our hands and, and the ability to join as many clubs as we wanted. So yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. how did you know you wanted to get into chemical engineering in high school? That's a good question. Um, The short answer is I didn't. Um, Before high school, I knew I wanted to go into engineering, um, mainly because I really wanted to become an astronaut. And um, my uh, path forward for that was to go through aerospace engineering. Um, And so I was really set on that until I attended the Ontario University Fair. And I think that happens in October or September of your like senior year that's when people usually go out and um, I had collected all these brochures for all these different engineering schools across Ontario and I uh, I fell upon McMaster's engineering brochure and it just caught my eye um, and it was also a, a unique engineering program where you didn't necessarily have to decide what stream you wanted to go into so um Along with my aerospace engineering schools, I ended up applying to McMaster for chemical engineering. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I remember you wanted to be an astronaut, right? And we did a lesson on networking. Yeah. And, and you I, connected me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what, ha- like, what happened with that. Did you actually talk to that person? or? Did- I did. Yeah. We, we were emailing back and forth. Um, I was just asking him questions about like what he thought would be like the best um, path to becoming an astronaut and like what he liked about his job the most. And yeah, it was a really great opportunity. And I remember, yeah, like I was so grateful that because like that connection came from you, like you connected me to someone and they connected me to that, that astronaut. So it was like super cool. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I I just remember like the, the lesson was basically like, like everybody has done it before. You should always just find the person who's done it and try to follow their path and get their advice. I think, I think that was, 
how we found yeah. that person. It was, yeah, it was weird. Okay. So you went from, you went from arrow to chemical mm-hmm. and then did you, did you know you wanted to go to McMaster specifically or was like, which universities were you gunning for? Um, so I guess I, I knew in, in the first half of grade 12, I really wanted to do aerospace. So I, I applied for the schools that had aerospace engineering specific programs. So that was like Carleton University and Ryerson. Um, and then after the Ontario University Fair and, and kind of looking through these brochures, I thought McMaster engineering in general would also be a good idea. So I, I honestly applied on a whim. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like, I guess getting to know the school a bit more, going to open houses, things like that. I, I realized that McMaster engineering is sort of where I wanted to be. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of how I deviated my my path from from just specifically aerospace engineering to a more generic engineering program. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. so you were you were always pretty academic, right? Like what was your entrance average like and which universities did you get acceptances to? Yeah, I think my second report card, which is what they were looking at, um, it was like a 90 something average, 90 point something. Um, and so I got acceptances actually to all three schools, Ryerson and Carleton, I got acceptances for in like November. Um, They gave me early acceptances and then uh, McMaster doesn't do early acceptance. They gave me an offer in March. Um, Yeah, I got acceptances for all three. Okay. Is there any reason why you didn't pick like U of T? Um, I didn't really want to be in the city. Um, I applied for Ryerson because they had the aerospace engineering program, but I knew I, I wanted to kind of get um, that experience of like moving to a new city or, or to a new school and, and living there. So um, I guess that's why I wanted to kind of step away. Um, and U of T would mean I would have to stay at home. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you end up picking McMaster. What was like the main thing that drew you to McMaster? So uh, there were a couple things. Um, so part of it was the way the engineering program was structured. So um, again, it's a generic first year. And then after your first year, you get to choose what um, stream you want to go into. And and I thought that was a good idea just because um, I knew that because I went from aerospace to chemical, I, I, I may have a similar change when I got to university and I wanted a, a program that could kind of support that and let me be flexible. So um, that was one of the, the selling points. And then um, additionally, Additionally, the co-op program at McMaster was just a little bit more flexible than the opportunities that I saw at other schools, um, specifically like Ryerson and Carleton. Um, the um, other schools, you had to maintain a certain average e- even to participate in the program, whereas McMaster sort of encouraged all of its stu- all of their students to gain that work experience. Um, so then I, I guess I, I felt more drawn to the, the program. And then um, the second thing was just how beautiful the campus was. Um, I visited twice, um, once to, with, um, with a tour of the residences and then once for an open house. Uh, and both times it was just an overwhelmingly like open and inviting campus. Um, there was, I, I knew that if I wanted to spend four years somewhere, it would have to be somewhere where I... I really liked being and, and McMaster did have a campus that I really liked when I first um, saw it. It was just um, its own bubble away from the city of Hamilton. And, and there were so many, so many trees and so much grass and it just felt so nice to be there. So it really drew me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there any reason why you didn't pick Waterloo or consider it? 
No, not really. I, I, I had visited it before. Um, and, and I know the engineering program at Waterloo is pretty fantastic and the co-op opportunities are amazing. But um, when I had visited, the atmosphere just, it didn't connect with me. So I, I'd never felt drawn to the school. Um, but McMaster, honestly, the community just felt felt more inviting. So that's why I, I yeah, I went with McMaster. Okay. Now, my, yeah. my previous guest, Nalani, did you yeah. both intentionally sign up for, for McMaster to be together? Or is that was just like a coincidence? How did that work out that you also room together? Yeah, it was actually a coincidence. So I, yeah, Nalani had um, applied to a couple different schools that were outside of Toronto. And she was kind of debating between two um, near the end. And then um, I knew at that point that I wanted to go to McMaster. And so um, my first thought was, okay, when I get to school, like I am a person who loves my space. So I'm going to get like a single room. Um, it's just going to be myself and it'll be great. And then um, then Nalani uh, told me that she ended up wanting to go to McMaster. Um, and so <laughs> it was a really funny situation. We were both like on the girls soccer team and we were in the change room getting ready for like a game. And then like Nalani like just goes, Hey, do you want to be roommates? <laughs> and, <I'm> like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> um, and it was like really funny. Cause like we, we both knew we were going to Mac, but we hadn't mentioned it, like rooming up until that point. But honestly, it was one of the best decisions I've made because yeah, like our friendship and our, our relationship got very strong after high school. And um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change that for the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so going from high school to university, what was the biggest change? The biggest change was definitely the pace. And I know a lot of people say that, but it's hard to understand it un- until you're in <laughs> you're in university. Um, and I guess um, at Danforth, we were a non-semester school. So we had uh, some somewhere between like seven to eight months to learn the material for each course that we had. Whereas in university, it's semestered. You have essentially three months and then a month where you have exams. Um, and so the pace was incredibly quick um, and it was kind of hard to adapt at first, um, but then you kind of get used to used to it as you as you go through your your years and you learn how to how to study better and and what works for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, since we're talking about studying, can you explain what the distinction was that you graduated with and how did you earn it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I graduated with summa cum laude, with which means in Latin with distinction, um, and so. What that means is that um, it's essentially like graduating with honors in high school. You have to maintain a certain GPA. um, And then I guess it's a cumulative GPA. So across the number of years that you are at university. Um, So for McMaster, it's a 9.5 on a scale of 12, which is like in the range of like 79 to 80%. Um, so yeah, that might seem a little low from, from a high school perspective because, you know, getting 90s is, is kind of easier in high school, but definitely <laughs> wasn't as easy, especially considering first year. Um, but honestly, when I look back on my experience, like I wasn't always on track to graduating with distinction. My first and second year were rough because I had to transition um, from high school to what university learning was like. But um, 
I then started to figure out what study habits worked for me. Um, Not all study habits work for everyone. And you kind of just have to learn how to learn. You have to learn uh, you, you first need to be passionate about what you're learning about and then learn how to how to be effective and and then the grades come come easily um, and part of that was l- learning how to be more effective with time management and being organized and if you can learn that early on then you're you're already um, geared for success okay. mm-hmm. um, are there any like specific success tips that you can you can share um, yeah. For me, one of the biggest, <laughs> and, and it might seem mundane, but one of the biggest things that changed how my study habits um, altered was having an agenda. And I, I know in high school, we kind of get agendas and we, we don't use them as much, but being able to write down what is due when and like how you're going to get it done, um, when you're going to get it done, like just being able to manage your time efficiently was probably the, the biggest change in my, in my um, university career. And it, and it really reflected because my grades started to skyrocket once I got that time management piece down. Um, and then the organization of your course load kind of comes in hand with that time management. Um, yeah. Wow. And like in an engineering program, like you have courses that go from, it's not, it's not like high school where you kind of have a structured day, 8.45 to 3.30 PM. You have courses that go from, from 8 AM all the way to, to 9 PM, depending on if you have night class. So, so it's really does become important. Mm-hmm. Oh, great advice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to look at the courses, tell us about the actual chemical engineering program. Like how does it differ from other engineering programs? What kind of courses did you take? How hard were they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so chemical engineering at McMaster, I will always um, love our department because um, we have some of the the greatest professors. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. Um, chemical engineering as a an engineering stream has been around for so long. So the innovation, though there is like innovative um, um, research in in the in the field, there's also innovation in how people teach the course to uh, upcoming students. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was challenging, but also exhilarating because all of our courses were structured around problem solving. And um, I guess that's what engineering is. You take science, you take math, you apply them into problems and you figure out how to solve them. Um, And so some of my favorite courses within my, um, my undergraduate degree was were, were the ones that were kind of more focused um, in the upper years. So they were kind of more specialized um, in different applications of chemical engineering. So examples of applications of chemical engineering would be um, material s- separation courses, um, wastewater treatment courses, as well as polymer processing courses. Um, and so chemical engineering, I think it's, it's, it's not what you expect it to be. A lot of people, when they think chemical engineering, they think, ah, chemistry and engineering combined in one. And yes, that is true. It does involve chemistry, but it's a little bit more than that. It, it's taking lab scale chemical processes, like what you would do in a grade 12 chemistry course and making it industrialized and making it efficient and effective for, for production. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> so is every course you take, does, does every course you take have a lab component attached to it? Um, not every course, but a lot of them do. And, and the definition of lab does change in university. So um, when you think labs in, in high school, you think just like a bench, um, chemistry bench, um, and you're doing reactions and, and stuff like that. But in university, when we had labs, we also had computer labs, we had numerical methods, which was a course about um, it's an advanced math course, essentially, and our labs would be um, essentially coding labs. And so, yeah, I guess to some extent, most of our courses did have a lab component to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was the hardest course in chemical engineering? Why? The hardest courses were definitely the fundamental ones. And I think it's because um, we have to build on this knowledge throughout our our undergraduate degree and so they make the courses extremely detailed and and very um down to the to the granular level level because without understanding these these fundamental um theories it's it's hard to kind of succeed in these upper year courses and so examples of some of these fundamental courses were um, things like heat transfer and uh, thermodynamics, um, where you're learning things on a, it's so theoretical, it's hard to even visualize what you're learning. Um, so definitely those were the, the most challenging, but um, also the most rewarding, like when you understand what you're, what you're learning, it, you feel that much better about like where you are as, a, as an engineer. Hmm. Okay. And, and chemical engineering, do they, do they specialize in later years? Like, like in mechanical engineering, we choose between different streams like HVAC, machine design and materials. Is there the same thing for chemical engineers? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There is. So we had um, a couple streams. We had um, process control, um, polymers, as well as wastewater treatment. Um, and then we also had a, 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 chemical and bioengineering program at McMaster, which was more focused on like, um, uh, del- like drug delivery and, and um, looking at how like medication works in the body. It was, um, biology is not my forte, but it was um, a pretty popular program as well. So yeah, you are able to specialize. Um, for me, I had a kind of a broader interest. I, I, enjoyed learning about polymers, but I also enjoyed learning about wastewater treatment. So I kind of um, didn't specialize and just took the courses that interested me. Okay. So you can just, you can just pick whatever, you're not forced to pick a specialization at McMaster. Exactly. Exactly. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And so what kind of uh, extracurriculars did you do in university? Um, yeah. So in university, I joined, um, in my third year, I joined um, the Women in Engineering chapter, um, as well as the Engineering Wellness Committee, which was a committee focused on hosting workshops and events um, to promote mental wellness to the engineering community. I also um, got involved with intramural sports. So I did soccer and volleyball as a way to meet my minimum quota for physical activity. Um, and then I was a part of some recreational dance teams. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was quite a, a lot, but I think it was very 
beneficial to my mental wellness because in my first and second year when I was kind of transitioning into a into university I was really focused on my academics and then my life sort of just became my courses sleeping eating um, it was almost like there was nothing to look forward to and then when I got involved in more extracurriculars I felt like my time was being used very well and and, and it encouraged me to be a better um, it encouraged me to be better at time management, essentially. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. so volunteering to be part of like the, the well, mental wellness uh, thing at McMaster, mm-hmm. what, what common things did you see that people needed to know about mental wellness? Right. So one of the biggest things was knowing how to get help and what resources are available. I think that was the one that we we struggled um, to get or gauge with students. Um, and so what we had to do and what we did was we would approach first years who um, seem to be the ones that would struggle with this this idea of mental wellness because they were so over overloaded and overworked with their first year schedules. And so being able to kind of visit them at their residence, um, provide them with resources, give them an, an opportunity to to kind of talk about what they're feeling and, and kind of relate to other people and, and to know that they're not the only ones going through through what they're going through is is something that was super important. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, important to know. Um, yeah. Okay. So kind of a rumor. Is it true that there are more girls in chemical engineering than any other <laughs> engineering major? And if it's true, why is that? <laughs> that is honestly, <laughs> yeah, I think it is true. Um, and I'm talking from my experience. I think our class is actually almost a 50-50 split. I would say maybe, maybe a 40-60, but like it was getting pretty close. And I know that that's pretty much, it feels like it's pretty much a trend across most schools, but I don't know what the reason is. Hmm. Um, specific to McMaster, like we, like in my first year, um, when our the, the stream departments were kind of doing presentations to first years to kind of recruit them into the stream, I saw a lot more female professors at um, the chemical engineering um, open house rather than in other in other streams and hmm. being able to see women kind of in those higher positions um, with their career so so developed in chemical engineering definitely could have been a factor hmm. i i personally don't don't remember if i was ever like drawn by the fact that it was a 50 50 split or not but um yeah it it definitely does seem like there are um, a lot more girls attracted to chemical engineering Hmm. so the rumor is true okay (laughs) yeah yeah i guess so (laughs) okay Uh, if i can ask how did you pay for tuition what kind of grants and bursaries were you able to get Absolutely. Um, so I did have to take out an OSAP loan for for my tuition, and and that covered like the majority of my tuition and some of my living expenses. Um, in the summers, I would like usually work and and have the money I saved up um, to pay for any additional expenses that were required. Um, and then I also um, decided to work part time on campus, either at the engineering recruitment office or as a teaching assistant, which was really helpful. Um, there are bursaries available to students and especially students who apply for OSAP, um, which is quite generous, actually. I think 
the bursaries ranged from like three to five thousand dollars every year and it was an automatic application which didn't require any supplementary application you didn't have to to write anything it was just sort of you you click apply and then you're you're in the pool mm-hmm. um and then there were application-based scholarships that were available to students i, I know i applied to a couple um when I needed it. So yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty generous and, and being able to um, apply for those was just a, a bonus. Good. How did you get that job as a teaching assistant? What was that like application? Like what was required? Um, I, so I had uh, like worked with my professor, one of the summers um, developing one of the programs um, that I was in. And so um honestly, like, because I was so knowledgeable about what was going into the courses that we were kind of redesigning, um, I was kind of able to approach my professor and we, we were able to kind of, you know, through a connection, he was able to give me um, a position as a teaching assistant. And then in my final year, I applied to, to be an assistant, teaching assistant again. And usually they don't hire undergraduate students but you just sort of have to sub it's like applying to any regular job you you have a resume and a cover letter and you just submit it to the um to the posting on the mcmaster university job board and then you that's how you get hired Mm -hmm. so then how did you get picked to redesign that course yeah um so i was because i had taken that course i had just applied on a whim it was on the mcmaster university job board and and it seemed interesting so um i just applied again using a cover letter resume and then um the interview was was really relaxed because my it was my professor and we talked about like what i wanted to see happen for the course and it aligned with what he wanted as well so um it ended up working out okay so (laughs) you had a i guess you had a good relationship with your professor and that makes you want to ask, how big were the classes? Like, what were the class sizes like? Yeah. So the class sizes, it's it's funny. In first year, they're massive. They're they range from like two to four hundred people per class, and um, then you get your tutorials and labs, which are much smaller. As you go on into ke- like into your stream, like in chemical engineering, the classes were about. 120 students depending on how many students were accepted into the program i did a specialized program at mcmaster i did chemical engineering and society um, and so my society courses were much smaller they were almost like uh, graduate level courses where it was very discussion based and very small i think it was about 20 to 30 students and so um in those smaller classes is when I was able to kind of connect with my professor and, and, and we were able to have a, a better relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the end of part one of Arugula's interview. You'll notice some of my guests referencing lessons I do on networking. I highly advise all of my students to learn how to use networking because it will change your life, open up new opportunities and make you more competitive. If you're not using networking in your career, someone else is using it against you and you need to take those job opportunities back and be more competitive. Two of my grads made an amazing video with tips on networking. Go to YouTube and do a search for Ananya Chada Networking. That's A-N-A-N-Y-A, Ananya, and Chada, C-H-A-D-H-A, and networking. And you'll see a video by her and another guest I've had on the show named Vincent. 
They talk about their tips on tackling the professional world with networking, and they made this video in their last year of high school. It's definitely worth a look and could change your life. Please join us next week for part two when Arujula talks about her job at Imperial Oil and her co-op jobs. Thanks for joining us.